Miserable Mondays. That was what I called days like these, with gray skies and a cold northeast wind that bites at your skin. Thick sheets of rain drummed against the glass front of the diner where I worked as a waitress. Through the red-letter print of Angela's Diner, the outside view of cars and buildings was a lively blur, stretched and pulled by the rainfall. I missed Texas. Home. Sure, it had its share of cold, wet days, but with the warm Gulf air, you rarely ever felt the chill. Big city air is different. The chill here reached your bones, and sometimes settled in them for the season. Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, not sure why they call it that, was the city I called home, now, for the last year anyway. Angela's Diner was what folks like to call a throwback, a welcome carryover, as some of my regulars said. I was told that the small restaurant was an original Jerry O. Mahoney dining car that had been bumped out years before. Who built the diner and where it came from wasn't much of a concern, at least not when I first came upon it. Homeless and hungry. The help-wanted sign in the window was all that mattered to me. Well, that and the smell of food escaping out the door. My name is Gabriela Santiago, but only my mother calls me Gabriela. To everyone else, I'm just Gabby. I didn't grow up wanting to be a waitress. I doubt most of those who wait tables do. Home for me was growing up in the heart of Texas, the heart of country. There I lived with my daddy and mama, who were as vanilla average as the houses on our street. Good people, good family, and I suppose I was average too. I was a typical teenager. I dressed my bed with stuffed animals, like other girls. I taped posters on my walls, like other girls. I even let Tommy Gruden get to second base with me while playing a game of truth or dare, like other girls. There is a time when I had more about me to tell, but who I was once is only a glimpse of who I am. Much of my past is a blur, mostly because of my own doing. Somewhere between that first kiss and cheerleading tryouts, I lost my way. I'd left home in a run and never looked back. I'm 26 now, and a lot of things have happened since the day I felt Tommy Gruden's eager fingers fumbling beneath my sweater. From time to time, I think about that part of my life. Usually, though, I stay in today, since that is all we really have. Closing my eyes, I listened to the eerie voice of the diner, a hollow emptiness. I found it unsettling. I forced a memory of the diner as I'd first seen it, like a carnival put up in a groomed field. It was bustling and beautiful. My eyes were lost in the silvery steel, the shades of green panel decorations, and the neon lights glinting off the glass. I think I might have giggled. In fact, I'm sure of it. The diner looked out of place next to the modern buildings, almost as though someone forgot it was there and had built an entire new city around it. Maybe that was the appeal it had. Maybe that's why it looked so warm and full of life and persuaded me to go inside. When I opened the diner's door that first time, the smell of coffee and waffles and chicken and everything else that is good to eat hit me like a cozy breeze. Inside, the diner was abuzz with sounds and sights of dishes and dinnerware clanking, people laughing and talking. With nearly every seat taken, the booths along the windows were full. Children played with the mini jukeboxes at the end of their tables as their families stirred coffee 
and sipped at milkshakes from tall fountain glasses. Round metal seats with greenish-yellow vinyl tops sprouted up through the floor like dandelions in spring. Two counters, separated by an old mechanical cash register, were covered with the perched elbows of folks dining alone. While the memory was fleeting, it was good, and it warmed me inside. That help-wanted sign saved my life. I know that sounds odd, but it's true. I'd pulled the sign from the window and handed it to a hard-looking waitress, whose name tag read, Ms. Potts. I remember how she'd shifted her feet and punched her hand to her hip before giving me a long, stern look. When her eyes fell to my Chuck Taylor sneakers, they stayed there. I was on the streets back then, and my sneakers were threadbare, tattered and worn, much like me. I remember the self-conscious pinch of embarrassment in my gut as I pulled one of my feet behind the other. A small miracle happened then, Ms. Pott kept the help-wanted sign, and Angela's diner kept me. Miracles aren't always a grand happening, like the kind I learned about in Sunday school. Sometimes they're as small as giving someone a break. I went into the diner that night, and since then, my life has never been the same.